Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. I'm April. And I'm Caroline. And this is your bloody happy hour. Caroline, are you ready for this? This is your newest guilty pleasure. It's the bloodiest part of your week. Did we say something about it also being happy hour? Showed in. Because we're about to be sipping on some murder. Bloody happy hour. Hey y'all, we're here. It's Thursday. This is April. This is Caroline. We are back. It is not Thursday, actually. Oh, oh. Look at you just rehearsing. It is Thursday for us, but not for them. <sighs> I don't even know what day it is. Either way, this is your bloody happy hour, and we are going to bring you something special today. We got a little special bonus episode because I don't know if you have heard about what's going on in the news. I mean, if you haven't, you've been living under a rock, but that's okay. Because we're going to tell you. Yeah, we're going to tell it all. Let's say the magic word. Pineapple. Oh, oh. shoot. I just gave away my code word. <laughs> Bitch, we're changing the code word. Oh, uh, my goodness. Okay, so her name is Gabby Petito. And um, what was crazy is we recorded one week ago, and we were just doing a quick, like, like we do at the beginning, like here's what's going on in the news. And by Sunday, it flipped upside down four times. Completely. I didn't even know who you were talking about. Then, yeah. I and thought now, it was going to be somebody who was in an underground treehouse. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. I was way off. So um, we want to tell you just a little bit about it. This is a quickie. And even better, we have a special guest because, you know, we think that we're professionals. I think I work for the FBI. I'm really just a little, I just really like to drink and talk about true crime. Caroline. Same. Same? Same. Same. I mean, I don't want to be in the FBI, but I want to be like married to a detective. Oh, so you can look through his files? Yeah. 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 Well, um, Caroline, can you tell them who we have? Um, today, we have a very special guest, and this is Tiffany, and she's joining us, and she is an attorney who works with victims of domestic violence. So welcome, Hello. Tiffany. Hi, everyone. Welcome, welcome. We are so excited. So let's just get right into it and kind of dive into like the timeline of the story so I'll just kind of start off with who everybody is so we have Gabby Petito she's 22 years old um 23 year old Brian Laundrie that's her boyfriend they went on this cross cross country road trip um hiking trip around June uh to like Yellowstone Park and Teton Park some areas of Wyoming and Utah and at the start of the trip, Gabby's in constant contact with her family. She's calling and texting and FaceTiming them. She's posting on her YouTube channel um, and Instagram. She's wanting to live this van life. 
it's like her her blog or vlog. Yeah, I, yeah. Why vlog. do people say vlog and blog? I'm <laughs> getting off, but video I was, blog. Video, yeah, video blog. And what's B? Blog. Words. No. Words only. Words only. <laughs> okay, continue. It is hard to say the word vlog. So early August, uh, there was a domestic incident, and this is when police were called and some onlookers had reported, we witnessed Brian slapping Gabby. Now, I don't want to, this is, this should all be facts. So if I'm misstating yeah. anything, I mean, I sh this should all be just the facts. Right. Police pull them, the van over, Gabby, and I'm just going to go over it quickly. Gabby is... Uh, she's crying. She's distraught. She says to the officers that they were engaged and they're in love and she doesn't want to press any charges. And she goes on to say how she has anxiety and OCD and that they're super emotional from traveling from so long. Um, police decide that they need to be separated for the night. Um, and then August 24th was the last FaceTime with her mom. August 27th was the last text message to her mom. August 30th. There's a text from her phone, but the family doesn't think it's from her because of what it says. And it says no service in Yosemite, which they, they think is pos possibly from Brian. They don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think they were ever in Yosemite, especially by that time as far as when he arrived, because he arrived back at his home in Northport uh, September 1st, where he this is where he and Gabby lived together with his parents. Okay, okay. Um, Northport, Florida, Florida. Right. Okay. So he arrives alone without Gabby. And then we go from that. That's on September 1st to go to September 11th. And that's whenever the, uh, official her, when Gabby's parents file the official missing persons. Can you imagine those days in between? Like that's a lot of days to not talk to your daughter, to not know where she is, knowing that she's traveling the country yeah and then the laundry hunt like nobody will they won't answer text messages from the parents they won't talk to anybody they won't give a statement they have their lawyer give a statement saying that brian will not answer any questions and that i think he's aware that they're looking for gabby and like the parents are like we hope they find her yeah and there's tiktok stuff happening there's stuff on reddit there's a media full-on explosion and there's a YouTube video that comes into play as far as like these other people, red, white, and buffoon, Bluth, red, white, and Bluth. They were they were just traveling doing their van life thing, and they uh, spotted spot it. the van. And then we go out to September seventeenth, where the police are at the laundries. Uh, laundries request police come to their house, and then that's when they say they haven't seen Brian since the fourteenth. So we got a whole thing. And then finally we get to September 21st where they end up finding her body. So I've kind of fast forward through that whole timeline of things, but now we got a lot of questions. Yes. And here's the thing is, as you, of course you see it blew up the internet. Like it just, it went crazy on all sources of social media. Everybody was talking about it. Um, and for whatever reason, people have like their opinions on why it blew up so big, but it did. And I know what caught my eye is sketchy boyfriends. And so our minds, especially if you love true crime like we do, like we think the worst. 
and then your mind just starts going and going and going and going and sometimes you can go down like your own little rabbit hole and not have no basis behind it so we brought somebody who's got a little bit more knowledge and experience on so that we can kind of sift through these questions and clarify some things um so tiffany just tell me tell us like when you saw it what was the first thing that you thought? What was your initial I guess reaction? Yeah, reaction. Oh, okay. Um, so I'll be honest with everyone in that I had heard about Gabby Petito being missing, and I didn't really think much of it until I saw the video of the Utah police um, interacting with them after, you know, a third party had called 911 to say, you know, that, this guy and this girl were maybe like getting into it on the sidewalk, right? Like I watched a lot of missing 411 over COVID people go missing in national parks all the time. Like I wasn't really sure why this was the story. And then I saw that video and I saw how upset and distraught and frustrated she was. But then the self blaming of it's just me. I, you know, I'm OCD, like everything's okay. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And I saw how he was so cool as a cucumber in his interactions. And, you know, the gaslighting and victim blaming of she's just crazy. Like, this isn't a big deal. It's going to be fine. And then that's when I started to just have some serious concerns about something deeper being there in terms of, like, domestic violence. Yeah, their relationship and and everything. Okay, so we're not going to play the... Um video for you guys but we will um, link it in our notes or we'll play a little bit of it at the end of the episode but um, there's a lot of um, comments on why did the police go so easy on them Um, and so it kind of like we talked about like Texas assault laws at one point and it differs from state to state if there was indication of assaults, why do you think nobody went to jail or got arrested or? Especially if, if like the, it seems like the evidence was building that he was possibly an ab- abusive to her. And there was also the witness. So like, you know, right. What so, should have happened at that point? I mean, honestly, it's really, that's why law enforcement gets a lot of discretion in order, like in their ability to make the call on whether or not they're going to make an arrest. I know like in Texas, um, you have to, like there are certain requirements that say, okay, if you see this type of crime happen, like if law enforcement sees that crime happen with their eyes and they have probable cause to believe that it happened, then they have to make an arrest. But there is a wide variety of cases where even if they believe something may have happened, they have the discretion on whether or not to make an arrest or not. And we see this a lot of times with domestic violence cases when you have a victim who, while I think Gabby appeared to be very cooperative with law enforcement, if she's making noise about, you know, like, it's not a big deal, it's okay, like, please don't take him to jail, um, then law enforcement really does have the discretion to make the call on whether or not to make an arrest. Um, And every department has different policy. Every, you know, state has different laws in terms of, like, when a when an, an arrest is required and when it's up to the discretion of the officer, but it happens far too frequently when you have a situation where you know law enforcement gets called, especially if it's not the victim who picked up the phone and dialed 
911. So law enforcement gets called out there. Their primary goal is to make sure that everyone is safe and is okay. And then they follow through with their investigation. And so by the time they were done with that investigation, regardless of whether they had probable, probable cause to believe that an offense had happened or not, they're not necessarily required to make an arrest. Okay. So they can use their professional opinion. Well, it's, it's really just like, it's their discretion. Yeah. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. they may have, I've seen, you know, cases before where law enforcement believed that something had happened and then they forward the investigation to a detective and the detective makes, you know, contact with the victim. And by that point, maybe the victim is on board because she's, you know, away or separated from the perpetrator. And so now she's a little more cooperative to, you know, give more details or to say, you know, like, I know I told that patrol officer that everything was okay, but that's because he was 10 yards away from me. Like things were not actually okay that day. And I would, you know, like to move forward. So there's just a lot of room for officers to be able to use their discretion that just because they believe a crime may have happened, doesn't require them to make an arrest. And if they're going to make an arrest, then they at least have to have, you know, they have to articulate probable cause as to what the crime was and who committed it. And so if there wasn't, if, you know, if those officers didn't believe that they had probable cause to make an arrest, then they have the, you know, they kind of have the duty not to intervene with, you know, handcuffs. But at the end of the day, like if their main goal was to make sure that both parties were, you know, safe and were separated from the evening, we heard that in the video, then that very well, you know, could be one of the reasons or part of the line of thinking in terms of not making an arrest that day in Utah. You also have to remember that like some of the things that have come out about that interaction have come out way after the fact. Typically when law enforcement is responding to an initial assault call like that, they have a 911 call to work with and then they have, uh, and then they have whatever the victim and then the alleged like perpetrator tells them. And so that's the, that's what they have to work with. It hasn't been until, you know, recently after more people have heard about this story and have heard about this situation where we've had more people coming forward saying, you know, like, oh, I saw them on the sidewalk or I saw them get into it at the restaurant, like things like that. Like they don't, they're not operating in the large vacuum of, you know, social media and sharing of news that we are like talking about this situation today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, Let's go to uh, where was Brian ever in Florida? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like he has. Has there been anybody that's seen him in Florida besides maybe the neighbors that we know of? It's, I think it's at this point. I think it's unclear. Even the neighbors. I mean, I think we're probably referring to the Fox News special that many people saw last night. Even the neighbors were not necessarily clear in their use of, you know, like, um, pronouns when they were talking. You know, they kept saying, like, they came back, we saw the van, they were, you know, getting the new camper ready for a camping trip. So I think it's, it's still a little unclear, I'm sure, and I know that they had mentioned that law enforcement had spoken with them. Um, I'm sure that was questions that law enforcement got into more detail with them about we always just have to remember that because this is such an ongoing investigation we're only going to get 
information that other people are willing to share, like law enforcement has now while they're still trying to figure out what happened and where he is. Hold on, we're just going to pause because we're kind of losing you. It might be her driving. So well. There you go. We hear you good. We're doing so well. I know. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. We got some editing abilities. Um, so, and and I didn't think about that until last, last night. Like, has anybody really laid eyes on Brian? That's the question. Um, and then what do we know that happened after that 911 call? So, I mean, sorry, 911 call, police, and then what, I know you went over the timeline, Caroline, like what do we know for sure happened? Are we real? like, we really don't. Like then he just turned up in, in supposedly in Florida. Where was the van? And then remember the hitchhiking event? Yeah. Um, like it was it the girl off TikTok? Yeah. Uh, had this TikTok video and, um, ended up he was giving him a ride. So why was he not driving his van? Why is he hitchhiking? And then and how then... did the van end up in Florida if he was hitchhiking? Don't know. But that's what's weird. Plus he had offered them, according to the video, offered to pay them like $200 and they were going towards Jackson. Yeah, uh-huh. I think that's what it was. Anyway, and Jackson then that's or Jacksonville. He, I don't know which Jackson. That's good. Michael, info. Tito, Michael. or Janet. But all three. All three. Okay. Um, so and then I think he got we out do of the know. Car. I think we do know when the van showed back up in Florida because it had, there's been reports that it flashed on one of the highway scanners. So like um, highways throughout the country have license plate scanners just yeah. and it helps sometimes with investigations like this. And so I know it was like 1046 on maybe the 26th or so is when it makes the exit off the freeway. But I mean, a scanner is only getting the license plate. It's not a camera that's being able to tell who is driving the van. Yeah. So the sketchiness then is, okay, she, her family hasn't heard from her and, but this is her van, but Brian supposedly has it in Florida, and then he shows up to mom and daddy's house without Gabby, who also lives there. Correct. Um, I mean, and they're not even okay. So tell me from if 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 you were defending him or the lawyers defending him, they're most likely going to say, "Don't make a statement. Tell the whole family. Don't make a statement. It looks bad now, but." it's probably better to not make a statement. Do you think that's what's, that's probably why they were so quiet? Um, I mean, I, I think we saw that even from his lawyer's statement to them is that we are not, we're going to remain. I think his words were, we're going to remain in the peripheral of this background and we won't be talking. I mean, it's, I think it's frustrating for all of us as, you know, people who are watching this unfold, people who have some sort of, you know, connection to Gabby and thinks that this is all horrible but your constitutionally protected Fifth Amendment right is there for a reason, and it's powerful, and it's big, and as frustrating as it is for the public, you know, if anything that someone could say may incriminate them, then 
any good attorney and any person who, you know, probably understands what that right means and what's, you know, what's so important isn't going to say anything. Um, the burden is always on the state or the government to prove that someone is guilty beyond reasonable doubt. They have no duty to say anything. Um, and, and any time that someone pleads the fifth or refuses to talk or doesn't make a statement, um, that can't be considered in court. You know, law mm-hmm. enforcement can certainly consider, law, law enforcement can consider that, you know, in their decision-making in the way that they conduct their investigation and that kind of thing. But if and when you get any sort of trial in front of a jury, whether it's a CWI or an assault case or, you know, as big and bad as a murder, if the defendant doesn't take the stand to testify, the jury is told time and time again that they're not allowed to consider that for any purpose. They're not allowed to consider that when they're deliberating that, you know, like, well, if he was, if he's not guilty, he would have something to say to us, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then that's what I'm thinking. Like if I, if I was genuinely concerned about my missing girlfriend, I would be in front of those cameras, just like mom and daddy were pleading for some information. Kristen Smart, you know, the Ruben Flores, who's supposedly the person of interest or suspect actually they have they're about to go on trial at some point point. Uh-huh. and he did the same thing with his lawyer he never said anything pled the fifth pled the fifth pled the fifth uh, all the time the okay. whole time 20 years just so yep. you know. oh wow um what else questions do you have caroline um i want okay you're going on the timeline so you found we have him in florida and then we find out Gra- gabby they find her body. Yeah. Okay. So we're searching. What was the tip that made us search that area? Was it that that I think that, it was the YouTube video? The vi- YouTube video in the, the van. YouTube okay. Video. Okay. Because, because they were able to do some manipulation and see that I believe it was like a sandal. Yeah, they saw her flip flops. Yeah. Yeah. Were yeah, at the f- back of the van. Okay. So what they said on their video was that typically, because they're living their van life too you're if it's daytime you have your doors open you have your doors open you got your shoes off you're inside the van that's typically where you are and you're like and unless it's nighttime you're closing closing the doors so they're like usually the doors are open that's why people stop by and talk to them and especially since the license plate was from florida and they that's why they thought it was so odd because the doors were closed that's why they're like it looked completely black in there but then they noticed the flip-flops and they're like that's strange Okay. Why would they be sleeping in the middle of the day? Or yeah, you know that's just from what their video has said. So yeah, and then coming from speaking of van life, like I know that appeals to a lot of people. Like that, there's a whole group of people that they just travel and they live out of the van. But coming from like abused, battered women perspective, Tiffany, what I thought was first sketch number one is okay. You were living in his house with this family, which I know is common. But if he is this controlling, abusive, did he have you there so he can have his thumb on her? Have her there so that he can have his thumb on her and control her and watch her, everything she does. And then was this van life about adventure or was it about total control and isolation? Yeah, I think arguably it's a combination of both. I think he very well could have painted this van life of 
this is going to be an exciting adventure for us. You know, we're going to be able to get outdoors. We'll be able to, you know, travel together. Um, and But really, behind, underneath the surface of that is his ability to isolate her, not only geographically from her family and his. We have to remember her family is up in New York. Um, geographically isolate from both families, but also put her in a place that makes it difficult to um, make phone calls, to have any sort of like access to internet, access really to the public, except for the couple times that we have learned that they've popped up. Um, we have to understand when you're looking at domestic violence is that perpetrators of domestic violence are not horrible all the time, right? Like if they were horrible all the time, Victims would never stay. They would leave. They probably would never get with that person or start to, like, date that person or, you know, be in any sort of serious relationship because we're not, you know, we love people. But if you haven't fallen in love yet before they start to be horrible, then you're going to leave, right? And so in the cycle of violence, you have what's called this honeymoon phase. So it's all of the let's go on adventures. Let's, you know, take really pretty modely pictures. Let's buy you gifts. Let's go out to dinner. Let's, you know make you think that everything is great, you have something that starts building some tension because perpetrators can only hold out in the honeymoon phase for so long. And then something snaps. It's usually called the explosion or the explosive event. And that's not always physical. Um, it may not even necessarily start as physical explosion. It's, you know, the first time that someone calls their victim an idiot or the first time, you know, a or a perpetrator tells their victim, no one's ever going to love you. You can never leave me like something like that. And then it just escalates over time. But then after that explosive event, victims, you know, they're upset, they want to leave. And so the perpetrator can't let that happen. They have to go right back to that honeymoon phase. And that's where you get the, I'm sorry, baby, that'll never happen again. I didn't mean to, it was a mistake. You might see some gaslighting like, well, this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't you making me upset, you know, things like that, but whatever it takes to get them back into that honeymoon phase so that she doesn't leave. Which is why she went straight to the self-blame when she was talking to the police. It was all about, I'm OCD. I like things a certain way. I'm so stressed. I got this, like it was, she was repeating probably what he told her mm -hmm. over and over and over to excuse his behavior. Um, For sure. And I think for probably people like you and people like us who like read this all the time, like you see sign number one, check, sign number two, check. And then you hear um, the parents, they don't, they kind of refer to him as that boyfriend or they don't even like call him by name. So then it makes you wonder like, was there maybe bad blood before they even left before any of this like did they know and then the friend what about the friend coming out and talking about how he would have these episodes yeah that's what i was gonna say it, like about the explosive behavior yeah yeah um well and does anyone know i'm not clear on this at all so i'd ask you guys the question does anyone know why she began living with him to begin with like how that started because what I saw as like I was scrolling through social media and then trying to get as much information their relationship hasn't been that incredibly long but I know that they were already engaged they were engaged but then then for some reason they decided not to be engaged anymore like they were now okay. boyfriend and girlfriend again like they took the whole fiance label away and I don't know the details of that um and and that's why I don't I don't know I feel like 
people live together all the time because you love each other, but why not get your own apartment? Or why are you living in the parents' house? I don't think it's very clear because I've heard, th- you know, I've heard things and heard They're things not and pregnant. heard things, but yeah. you don't know. She could, you know, we don't have the yeah, results. I guess so. Speaking of that, uh, as far as the the autopsy goes, mm-hmm. um, manner of death, cause of death, can you explain, Tiffany, to us or everybody else, what's the difference in the manner of death and the cause of death? Because that the part came back that we could rule it a ho- homicide, that came back really quick. But the details, right, that can take a good long time. Well, she was probably out there for like, I mean, almost a month. I mean, 20-something days, her body was. Right, yeah. So, so manner of death, there are very few options. I believe, like, in at the Texas Medical Examiner's Office, there's three. It's um, homicide, natural causes, or accident, right? So, and homicide just really means the intentional killing of someone. We haven't decided, you know, what caused that homicide or what caused the death, but it's basically, did someone else do it? Did it happen by accident? Or was it natural? Um, And then in terms of manner of death, that's when you do some more digging into like the full autopsy and you determine kind of the ways and means of how it happened. It's not even as detailed as what we probably want, but you'll see, you know, um, by gunshot wound or by blunt force trauma (laughs) to the head or by strangulation. Yeah. Okay. Things like that. So you get a little bit, more of an understanding of how it may have happened, but you still don't get necessarily the nuts and bolts of, okay, well, this, this bullet went into a shoulder at, you know, 10.55 p.m., and then this bullet went into a chest at 10.56 and 30 seconds. It's really just the, the basic cause of either the homicide or the natural causes or the accident kind of thing. And on a normal day, how long will it take? Like if you got a case open and you're waiting on that, how long will, will it take for you to get that information? Um, so it really just depends. The, the preliminary autopsy that's already come back, that's within, you know, a matter of a few days. For full autopsy reports, it can sometimes take up to a month sometimes longer there's and there's a lot of factors that you know play into that depends on how many um cases are being like are pending at the particular lab or um, hospital that the autopsy was performed at depends on if there was any sort of you know evidence processing that needed to happen in order to make that determination and um it depends a lot on like personnel at the medical examiner's office because it's not just like one doctor at least in texas not just one doctor who gets to make that call. There's an examining doctor who, you know, makes all the findings, does the report. And then there are anywhere between three and four other doctors who review the report, review the findings and sign off on whether or not they agree, because that's how, that's how powerful and important, you know, an autopsy can be, especially in terms of like a criminal investigation or if it was going to be later used for, like a civil lawsuit, like in car wrecks and things like that. So it's just important that the medical examiner's office gets it right. And mm-hmm. so that portion of it takes a little bit longer because you, and you get so much. I mean, they're taking full organs out and examining each of those. They're taking photographs. They're, you know, sending biological material off to the lab to have that analyzed. 
Um, so that one, that one takes a little bit longer. Wow. What's also interesting is that Brian's sister went, oh, went on like yeah. Good Morning America and like has been, has done these interviews and is talking yet his parents will say nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and according to this article I read on the New York Post, okay, they said the sister was saying how uh, Gabby was texting her about about the sister's kids because they're about to start school and uh-huh. was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I can't believe they're about to start school. So it's like they were obviously close. I mean, she was close to this family. Yeah. She was living with them. Yeah. I mean, not with the sister, but. I don't know. I mean, okay, big sister, like you want to defend your brother until like the end. Um, and then like it, maybe she's like somebody needs to say something like let like somebody needs to open up. And so maybe she just felt like she was the one that needed to say something, if anything, like say something. But now Where she's hushed. Where does live? She, I don't know. Uh, oh, she also lives at the family home. What in the world? Oh, my God. <laughs> Laundry I need sis- to meet okay. Daddy. Laundry's sister, Cassandra, who also lives at the family home, oh, spoke no. to ABC News and claimed to be clueless about Petito's disappearance. That That's is- interesting. Yeah. I did not know that until right now. Wow. I would have assumed that the reason why she was the one talking is because she doesn't live in the home. So it's easy for her to, you know, claim we love her. We miss her. We hate what happened to her, but I have no idea what happened because I don't live there. She says she's like a sister to, she's like a sister and my children love her. And all I want is for her to come home safe and sound. And this is just a big misunderstanding. Now this was, I don't have the date right in front of me, but yeah, I remember that coming out, but that's, I didn't realize that she lived there as well. We have to, because we've talked about it on so many episodes, is like the code word or the clue that you like give, that you, like oh, the secret yeah, that you have within your family of, um, like I talked about my code word for my, fam- for my family. Like there's one word that if any of us text that, like we don't respond, we don't call, the police come. Um, and we talked about our real estate agent had that with her fellow like coworkers or mm-hmm. whatever. And so the mom, I don't have the text to be exact, but the mom talked about one of the last texts that she received from Gabby um, talked about is uh, please take care of Stan or is Stan okay? Well, Stan is grandpa. Gabby has never called grandpa Stan by his first name. And so that being like an alerts, like made a light bulb go off and her con- made her concern. And I don't know if that was the initial concern or um, she, after she went missing, she kind of read into it. Cause you know, you probably mm-hmm. go back and like she look through those steps. Had not, hadn't heard from her. Yeah. Yeah. Consistently. Yeah. Code point. words are so important. Well, I already told y'all mine on accident, so I well, can't find a new code. <laughs> <laughs> Caroline. I just made it up yesterday, so I had to. No, oh, so nobody else knew about it. Well, also no one knew the code word. So, actually, one person because they had a pineapple on the back of their phone cover, <laughs> and then she's like, "Well, pineapple," and I was like, "I'm gonna say pineapple," and I'm gonna be like, "Did I was I supposed to get you pineapple from H? I don't know." <laughs> well, we need a whole different code word. Um, let's delete let's edit that part yeah we can edit it no i'm playing love it it's typical caroline um what else do you got 
Um, did we go over why he's a, a person of interest, considered a person of interest, not a suspect or, oh, I mean, is okay. that like a, I don't I know. Have, if- yeah. Well, I have to say this because it is on most. So there's this whole group of people that is 100% like obsessed with the story. It's a whole group of people that don't want to give it any, um, uh, uh, attention? attention. Thank you. Because of so many other cases out there that, yeah, this, that like, involve, why? Not blonde hair, blue eye girls. So you think about the, I can never say this word, indigenous. Indigenous? Yeah. Uh, I'm so impressed with my vocabulary right now. Oh my, she has not messed up. Her speech impairment is officially. Gone away. Gone away. She is cured. She's cured. Um, So indigenous, brown, Hispanic, black, whatever. Um, So there's a whole group of people that is. And it, it sucks, but, you know, race, it just goes into everything even more now. Mm-hmm. And being brown myself and having a big black son, we talked about this last night, is I wondered, my kid who is big and black and dreads and a football player and tatted up, so he really looks like a football player, but if you don't know he's a football player, he could look like a thug. Mm-hmm. If he was dating Gabby... Would he have ended up behind bars? And if he planned on killing Gabby, you know, within the next days, would that have prevented him um, from doing that? And so uh, you got a lot of people pointing fingers at that day and throwing out the privilege, the privilege, the privilege. Had it been Tyrone and Keisha, would they be in jail and maybe had to be bailed out um, another way. And maybe the murder would not have happened or maybe it would just happened a week later. You know, not saying it would have prevented it. But we have to address that part of it. If you have any feedback on that, Tiffany, um, because there is um, a big divide, a big divide right now about it. Yeah. So I'll start with just like person of interest versus suspect. And the reason I would imagine or argue that like he is still just a person of interest is because a suspect is a very legally charged word so we Mm -hmm. typically don't use the word suspect until an officer has probable cause or a reason to uh, make an arrest and in order to make an arrest that standard is probable cause and so if that officer or if the officers who are working this case don't have enough probable cause to arrest someone for an offense like murder now that her, you know, manner or cause of death has been ruled a homicide, uh, then that's why he's still a person of interest is because they just don't have enough. And I know that's frustrating that, you know, as we all sit here and people have put things together in YouTube and we all, you know, have strong beliefs and opinions about like what really happened out there the fact that, you know, the last phone call from, you know, Gabby was the 27th. There's some time that lapses until Brian shows up in Florida. Anything could have happened. Anything could have happened. Um, anything could have happened. And we all, I think, you know, have strong opinions and beliefs about what we think happened. Right. But law enforcement has to be very careful to, like, one, not make an arrest without probable cause because then that arrest gets thrown out anyway and then you aren't able to move forward with the case 
Um, is is that enough to like, even question them? Like, was would that be enough to even like, hey, can we bring you in for questioning? We know you were with Gabby and now you're not. Like, is that enough to get them into a room and question him? So if you're going to, if you're going to detain someone, you just have to have reasonable suspicion to detain someone um, while you're, you know, working on an investigation. So um, if the officers can, you know, articulate some objective facts, I think the more that comes out, the more, you know, the more that they will be able to do that um, to detain someone for questioning. Obviously, the goal right now is they got to find him, um, that kind of thing. But as far as making an arrest, well, once they make an arrest for a suspect, if they read him Miranda and he decides not to say anything, they plead, he pleads the fifth, well, then they've made an arrest, but they still don't have any information mm -hmm. from him. So mm -hmm. I think, um, I think they're probably just being very careful to maintain his status as a person of interest right now because they don't have probable cause to make an arrest, maybe in some hopes that like, if they do find him, that he'd be willing to talk to them just, you know, after being, you know, read Miranda and being made understood of, you know, his rights and that kind of thing to then give them some information. Um, as far as the kind of the, the privilege and the race side of this argument, I mean, I think there's a lot that could be said about that. I don't, I don't know that it, the outcome based on the facts that we know, right? Like based on the fact that you have a victim who said that she was just being OCD, that things were crazy, that officers, I don't believe necessarily saw any sort of physical injury on her that she didn't want Brian. I think if I remember correctly, she didn't want Brian to go to jail that evening. Um, based on the facts that we have, I don't know that changing the race would have made a difference. Um, and I don't know that had Brian gone to jail that night in Utah, that things would have been any different because then he has all of the more, even like, more pissed. that much more anger and yeah. frustration when he gets out, um, especially depending on, you know, like if his, if he had gone or if someone gets picked up, let's just take them out of it. Right. Someone gets picked up on a misdemeanor family violence charge and their bond is set at, you know, a thousand dollars. Their first phone call is usually the victim that they perpetrated against mm -hmm. to say, Hey, come bail me out of jail. And if you don't, it's going to be worse the next time or come bail me out of jail. You know, you didn't need to do this. I'm the breadwinner. I'm the one that, you know, takes care of insurance for the kids. Like all of these different kind of power and control things that perpetrators of violence use. And so I like, you'd like to be hopeful and think that maybe there would have been a difference, but I'm not, I'm not sure that there would have in terms of like the final outcome that we're dealing with. Yeah. Here. And I, I agree. Like, even if that would have happened, I think that um, they would have met back up at some point, like Gabby probably like not because it's Gabby, but because she is just fall victim to this situation and already self blamed. She's going to think it's her fault. She's going to want to, go back and either try to mend it. Um, I don't right. think that she would run for the hills. So um, I agree. Well, I agree. But in, yeah, go ahead. Even in a situation, sorry, even in a situation where you're not in the middle of a national forest or a wilderness park, the rate in which victims of domestic violence returning to their abusers is very high. And that's just when they're living, you know, in a three bedroom, two bathroom house in the suburbs, right? Like it's, it's very seemingly, I'll use funny quotes, even though you can't see me, easy for someone to leave 
but they still go back. In this case, she's all the way out in the park. She doesn't, you know, they have one car that they're sharing with each other. Who knows what her financial situation was like? Like if he kept the wallet or if she had money on her own, like she, she physically couldn't leave him. Yeah. In that instance, you know? Yep, which is why I think he took her ass to the damn woods in the hills just to totally control it. Okay, so let's go to the story of supposedly he um, left in the in the morning, in the middle of the night, I don't know what time of day, took the Mustang, was it the family Mustang, to the woods to go for a hike and then maybe like left a note to say come pick up the car or I'm going on a hike or what do we know about that? What do we think about that? Is there any evidence that this is true? All I know is it's weird that he showed up at the, on that day in September on, on like the first of September and he was there or well, I don't know if he was showed up according to there. the parents, yeah. he allegedly showed up to the, to his home without her. And then, and then, they don't report, then they report him missing all days of a sudden, later, like 10 days later. Okay. So yeah. you could de- like, okay. First of all, if this was, if I was Mr. And Miss Laundry and my son was in the news, like, I'm sorry, you don't need to go for a hike, like work out in the garage, work out in the backyard, but this is not the time for you to go for a hike. So I would have, you would think that you'd like stop it right there too. And then on the other side is maybe Normally, he would go for hikes and be gone for hours at a time because what do you do? You hike, you pitch a well, tent, you okay. stay. And so then they were really concerned. According to like his Instagram posts, like previously, he was like huge outdoor. I mean, he would like go and do hiking with yeah. no no shoes on and just like that was his life and he was just all about it. I don't know. Yeah. So it was weird anyways. But, I mean, but so I guess that wouldn't be normal. I mean, abnormal for him to go do all that but yeah. not whenever your girlfriend fiance is missing all of a sudden yes hell so are parents well, that first, ridiculous are they enabling and like facilitating this i feel like they are enabling something oh yeah and so now the story is they actually help so there's they actually helped him escape and they Allegedly. set up this whole alleged, Whatever. yeah, the, the story, just... like the, 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 the talk around the town folk are talking and saying parents have ba- basically facilitated this. And so the house has been searched. Yeah. They bring, because brought we were talking boxes. about if he had a phone, like, does he have a phone? But there, that could take a while to get all that information yeah. back. Like she said. But how do you not fall? Like your son is in these woods. How do you not like? And why are they not follow looking for him? him? Why like, are they not, I mean, not stressing him? Out? Like, like, wouldn't you go and like give interviews and talk and just hey, let's find him. Let's find it. Like it's like the, it seems as if they have check. no interest in helping with the search. Yeah, I mean they're just yeah. sitting at home. I just I feel like they kind of back to the attorney's original statement, I would imagine they probably know that nothing that they say is actually going to help them. Yeah. You know, like, I don't think, I think they probably know or have been advised by counsel potentially that nothing that they say is going to help them. So they're going to make the state and Florida police and the FBI at this point. I don't know if they're still involved looking for him, but I think they are. Um, 
exhaust all of their time and resources and make them, it sounds crappy, but like make them do their job. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, um, which is kind of to circle back is what's frustrating sometimes about like indigenous or minority victims who have gone missing in the woods. Like, are we putting the same resources into looking for those victims? It seemingly, it seems like no, because we've only heard about this one since, you know, missing 411 came out in YouTube or on YouTube at the start of COVID. Um, but you have to wonder, you know, is it because, is it because the media picked up on this kind of America's sweetheart story? So then that's how more and more people learned about it. Like I, sometimes I think that the media really picks and chooses, and this is for, you know, more than just crime stories, but really picks and chooses what we care about. Oh yeah. Well, and it goes back to, yeah, America's sweetheart, like only certain type of people can be, I mean, like certain looks of people can be America's sweetheart. Like basically if, I mean, I have a friend whose sister went missing and she was in her 60s and she was older and she was black. Like she wouldn't be deemed as America's sweetheart. Um, But it's like Natalie Holloway. And like I even think being blonde hair and blue eyes would be like us being dark haired and dark eyes and darker features. Like it's it's so like Jean Bonnet. Like I think it's so you do. It is this look and it's sad. But then we feed into it because. We also think of them as America's sweetheart. So, um, I don't, I don't know. You got anything? I just have one question. So if, if they like find him, do they arrest him? Is he, if he's just a person of interest, like if they're like, Oh, there he is. And then is that done? Don't go anywhere now. Now. Yeah. Like, can they, like, are they going to, they can't arrest him until they're able to articulate probable cause. Right. And they may have it. They're just not ready to say it mm-hmm. yet. Oh, okay. Um, that kind of thing. Because if they, you know, so if law enforcement, I think law enforcement knows that basically as soon as they say anything, this is all going to travel through TikTok, social media, Facebook, yes. podcasts, you know, things like that. So if they're not ready to articulate all of those facts, because typically like probable cause affidavits are like, they become matters of public record. Like if they're not ready to do that yet and they don't have any, where he is then they may not be ready to share all of that but until regardless of you know suspect or you know we we know that he did it I would imagine they're probably waiting on some things to come back from the phone or the computer if they sent those off um, until they have probable cause to arrest him just because he comes back doesn't mean that they can go put cuffs on him now I can imagine that if they know that he's going to be in the house that they're going to put law enforcement up and down the street and have them, oh they can watch know. him now they can actually like <laughs> watch, watch him, him maybe i mean could they get I mean, but, some surveillance well, and that was something that i was frustrated with at first until i realized the kind of timeline like he's back but we don't know we don't necessarily know that he's back or have her reported as missing until he's had plenty of time to either come in and out of that house or go out into you know the nature reserve or to go to you know wherever the heck he's gone and so like they've got to have like they've got to have reason to do that I think they have plenty of it now obviously but yeah. um, until until the pieces started getting put together that this wasn't just a oh both of them are missing or we can't find either of them it's you know we finally realized like no this is her and something's wrong you know yeah 
Yeah, kind of like Brian's missing. No, he wasn't missing. Like no, he, he gone. He gone. He gone hiding. Um, and, and how parents wanted to make sure that was no Gabby's parents. He is not missing. Like, yeah, he right. Left. Yeah. yeah. So okay, so Brian's probably at a beach, or no, he's maybe in a forest. I, don't I know was thinking he's... he was maybe with those um, Honduras people at the border. With the who? Honduras people? <laughs> the people at the border in like Del Rio. Oh. Under the know. bridge. I don't know. You don't watch the news yet? Mm-mm. Well, he's still probably under the bridge with all those people trying to get across the border. Oh. They're going to cross the other side? They're trying no, to get to Mexico? People into, coming into Texas. Well, he don't want to come here. He wants to leave. I know, but he could be hiding amongst them. No. So, um, okay. So, this is what... So, right now, this is where we are. Where the hell is Brian laundry do you remember the where the hell is carmen san diego um, that's that where yeah. in the world was carmen oh san yeah diego? where in the world where in the hell is brian laundry i thought you were too young for that i'm glad you know um where's brian laundry and then um i need y'all armchair investigators to get on it get on it let's find him and let's bring him home who thinks he might be he might have committed suicide. Do we think he's too much? Of, I think Geraldo he's too much Rivera of a narcissist. Said he wants him to. Wants him to. But do we I think don't. he's too much of a narcissist to. I don't know. Do that it. Well. No, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I'm still kind of. I don't. How do you even survive out there in this swampy land that he's in, or they're, they're searching these not. reserves? Yeah, I don't think he's in the swamp, but I don't know. We I don't. I, I tend to agree, like. He's gotten away with it for this long, you know, like unless he has some sort of if, you know, if in fact he did something, let's remember that. Um, Robert but Fisher. he's he's gotten he's you know, he hasn't had to answer to anyone or anything this long. I would imagine that he's just kind of riding that until he can't. He's anymore. with Robert. Robert. He's Fisher. with Robert. He looks like they look the same. He's with They're Robert. Why bald guys? We still haven't found. And he's not been Robert found either. Fisher. And he set his home, on, family's home on fire with them inside of it. Oh, my goodness. So is there any last words, anything else you, anyone, anything else anybody want to add? I don't know. I just think that um, this care and pray for Gabby Petito's family in this whole situation. But then maybe we do need to bring up that indigenous Indigenous. Indigenous. Oh, my gosh. I got to say all People missing. Now. And I think this is, I think our next theme theme for our next month Don't tell me needs to be people. missing and needs oh. to be missing missing anybody uh, missing and exploited i don't know if i can handle that missing and exploited because these cases it's easy to go to the cases that are solved i know about that's the why ones i do that aren't solved. <laughs> <laughs> so look forward to that tiffany we um appreciate you coming on yes, so much and enlightening you. us because we We're can happy. be real ignorant sometimes and i think we did really good i mean i try to stay quiet no, this, we, was, this was a blast i'm i think it i mean i think it was really helpful i would just say um that for people who are listening if you have someone in your world that you like suspect may be in some sort of abusive relationship or even if it doesn't seem like it's gotten to the point where it's physical or not like just check on those people um more often than you think that you should and give them a tell them they need to give you a code word have a plan in place check on them have a plan it's the the decision to leave for women who are in abusive relationships is one of the hardest decisions that they will ever make um which is why so many of them don't and then we see cases like you know scott and lacey peterson 
um, things like that. That might be a good one for y'all to do. Um, So just check on those people more often than what you think that you should. But I had a blast and thank you guys so much for having me and really appreciate it. Thank you. Next time you need to come into the actual studio with us so you can. Yes actually oh, come to happy well, hour mary hannah has already said she wants to be involved in this somehow and so i said that she could probably just be our bartender there we go there we go all right tiffany thank you so much thank you trade me your qb bye you have a good night bye. You too. bye y'all thank y'all so much oh thank y'all so much for tuning in this is was supposed to be a quickie it's actually not but it was quick i hope I you mean, got something good. out of I it yeah. I, I really like this one yeah thank you for tuning in this is just for you guys we will see y'all thursday still we um, will. so don't oh. forget to stay aware stay alive and always be dtf down to find bye y'all brian find brian This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.